Hey, welcome to the Scotty Mac with Cheese podcast. Jenna Winsenberg, my, my former buddy at the radio station. And uh, s- social media, tell us a little bit about what's going on with you now. But first, I want to tell you that this podcast is powered by Marken Properties. Five-star luxury getaways. You can have a, well, there's several choices, a couple that I really like. North of Atlanta on Lake Lanier, beautiful, secluded spot. Great to get away from the quarantine and have fun. Also, a, another gorgeous spot in Fort Lauderdale. MarkenProperties.com, M-A-R-K-E-N Properties.com. So, Jenna, this social media thing is uh, starting to get a lot of different layers. It's not like it used to be, even, even just a few years ago. No, not at all, which is part of the reason why I kind of launched Social Results was out of necessity. This kind of evolved out of many positions that I have taken in my career, whether it's on the media side or whether on the corporate side, which is just basically saying, all right, I've got over a decade of trying to figure this stuff out. And I'm pretty sure I can get results for businesses that are looking for somebody with experience without that price tag of carrying a salary, yeah, carrying exactly. benefits, things of that nature. Yeah, and that's what the really cool thing, having known Jenna, uh, working with her, she never stops learning. So she, so you get the benefit of all of this knowledge, which she is going to share for you, with you. <laughs> what are the biggies with social media changes? I think that overall, a lot of brands spend a lot of their time in the weeds. Most companies think that they need to have some elaborate plan or some elaborate logo or hook or video or graphic, and they're really forgetting the basics of keeping it simple. Mm -hmm. So I see a lot of companies getting tripped up on this very confusing road that they go down where, you know, their Twitter looks nothing like their Facebook and their Instagram. You know, there are so many times I see these businesses commenting on, politics or current events or things that have nothing to do with their business. Right. Is it a common problem that you're running into? Because I saw uh, there was a jeweler here in town that uh, really got off on a political controversy. And I'm sitting there going, I shook my head. I said, dude, there may not be people that agree with you. I would say that they're overall in the past six months. I think we've seen a huge shift in that. Six months ago, I would have said, no, most brands know to stay away from topics of this and that. But unfortunately, in the current climate, you have a lot of people who feel compelled because they see brands like Nike. They see brands, you know, national level taking stances, and they think that their three-location local community business should be making these grandiose statements on social media And that's not what the average consumer wants. The average consumer just wants to go about their day. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That may uh, put somebody off that's ready to spend money with you. The old adage still remains that cash is king. Mm -hmm. So wherever this consumer decides to go, outside of really rare circumstances, because everybody, you know, does the same old examples of, you and I don't have to agree on every single point for that's me right. to buy bread from you. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's Unfortunately, it. online, that's what's being portrayed. And that's really where companies need to be careful because yeah. you can end up canceling yourself out of business. That's probably one of the big mistakes you're seeing now. Are there some other common mistakes that you see? 
I would say a range of them. Everything from my logos don't match. Oh, they right. have a different logo on Twitter than they do on Facebook. Um, but the biggest one I see, which enrages me when I see it, just from my history, is this boring content. You've got people managing these social media accounts for companies that are linking to a New York Post article or here are 10 things that you should do in your house before the fall. <laughs> and it's let us know what you think. Well, it's like, okay, if I'm scrolling through Facebook and a company posts that, why would I engage with that? Why would I post on that mm. comment alone? Well, a lot and of people do that. I mean, I see a it a lot. A lot of people do that. And what they don't realize is that one, it's a turn off for whoever's following them. Two, they're not bringing anything to the table. It's just so they can check off and say that they posted to Facebook that day. But three, it actually hurts them with Facebook itself. If you, as a Facebook page, only have one or two admins or you're right. a business that only has one or two people running your social media, Facebook looks at that and says, well, these people don't care what they're posting. They're posting links from everywhere. Right. So it doesn't get exposed to as many of your followers. So you're hurting yourself by not creating organic content. Yeah, yeah, and you, it's not complicated to do. Both you and Sorge talked about that. You see, I was one of their best students, both of you guys. <laughs> that That is without a doubt. You, as <laughs> soon as I came into Baton Rouge, I don't, I don't think anybody ever unseated you from having the number one blog in that market. Uh, let alone in the 10 markets I handled. Your numbers, I would use you as an example in Memphis, as it, in New Orleans, as in Mobile. And that's because you figured it out. People wanted to listen to you for your personality, for the, you know, the different content that you were giving them. They weren't coming to your page for a New York Times article. They were coming to your page for a unique spin on right. something yeah. that nobody else had. I, I can remember a blog I did uh, with you. Because if, uh, for those of you who can't tell, um, <laughs> Jenna is not a native Louisianian. Uh, she, no, by a long shot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you'd have to go up there to Minnesota and, oh, yeah. and kind of move around. And, uh, and of course, she's been out in uh, Florida uh, for a while. So, yeah, you, you kind of have that thing going on. Um, that's, a, that's a really interesting insight because... I, I look at social media and there doesn't seem to be a lot of synergy between no. what you're getting. So how do you fix it as a company? And then when you go in there and somebody invites you in, what are the things that you teach about that? Well, the first thing I always do with any company is ask how they define success. Because for me, I found this company and called it social results because I wanted it to be results driven. In radio, in TV, over and over, I would have these companies come to me and say, well, we don't get any results from digital. We just, right. you know, we don't get any leads or anything from there. And it's like, well, that shouldn't be the norm. That shouldn't be acceptable to just have a social media person posting things and you not seeing results. Now, results mean different things to different people. I've had some people who say that they want their friends to tell them that they like their Facebook page. And that's how they define success. Oh, yeah. No problem. Yeah, but, but then but it, you say it on the radio and, you know, like us on Facebook. Well, I don't even know you, you know. <laughs> they're saying right, so, they're saying like me before you get a chance to even know what they're about. And dialing into, okay, if you want people to like you, what does that mean? Because you can have 5,000 people like you, but you'll make zero money. 
Whereas you can have 50 people like you who are very engaged, who spend money at your place of business, who are your customers, and that's more valuable than the 5,000 who don't. That's the first thing I always talk about with companies because a lot of these companies, the owners, the management team, they have never been told this is what these social media numbers mean. A lot of times they're sold up the river. They come in and somebody tells them, oh, I can get you on Google ads. I can get you, you know, Facebook ads. I can get you banner ads and we can get all of these clicks, click, click, clicks. You know, everybody always hears those terms. But then when you look at the back end and say, okay, well, I sunk money into this. Why am I not seeing any sales? Suddenly those people are nowhere to be found. And so that was my biggest concern is that, you know, I I knew people spending $50,000 a month on Google ads and they weren't getting any results. And that was just acceptable to them because they were just told that, you know, well, it's, it's a low click through rate and this or that. It's like, no, 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 you shouldn't be accepting that. I want to get back to business in just a minute, but uh, there are a lot of people looking for work right now. Uh, COVID has, has rocked the employment world. There are still some companies doing aggressive recruitment right now, but in the field that people have been spending 10, 20 years doing, uh, not so much. So what do you think as a job applicant, let's say that you're going to a company, what are some of the things socially that they need to be aware of? I would say number one website. And it depends on the company because I know people that are going to work for startups or are going to work for a unique company that doesn't necessarily need to have the shiniest website. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, go to their website, do all of the links work. Does it look like they put more than 30 minutes into it? Do they have a Facebook page? If they have a Facebook page, are they posting regularly? If they're posting regularly, you know, I've, I've researched a couple of these companies that have reached out to me and you go to their website and it's different font and it's, you know, all sorts of, you know, they've got 16 different colors going on and you go to their Facebook and they're talking about their dinner that they had last night and it's, My biggest thing is if you are going to work for a company, that company is going to treat you less well than it's treating their social media, okay? Because the social media is what they're showing to the world. Clients, they're showing communities, they're showing the world. That's their best impression. Right. So if that's terrible, they're probably not going to care very much about you. So even if you're coming in and interviewing as a social media manager, You should still have some baseline because you don't want to be the one that has to go and fix the dumpster fire. Mm -hmm. And I always say, even though there are many people out of work and even though you might be up against 100 applicants, that interview is the only time that you're going to be able to truly know and can walk away from that opportunity. So I've gotten more and more and more honest when I've done job interviews, not that in your early years when you're dating, you're so afraid when you go out on first dates. And then when you get older and you go out on a date, you're like, all right, let's just lay it all out on the table. Right. I think it's similar with jobs. You need Mm -hmm. to get to a point where you're interviewing with a company and you interview them the equal amount that they interview you. And that's exactly right. As my dad, even, you know, years ago said, pick your boss carefully. Yep. Yeah. Now for job applicants, I guess do people have to be aware of the kind of stuff they're posting because oh, if, yes. if you're applying somewhere, it seems like uh, they would that's the first thing they're gonna do is check out check out the gram, check out what's going on on Facebook and a Twitter comment here or there. Over 
70% of employers admit to checking out social media. Now, I use the word admit because I always know that there are people who aren't going to admit to checking out somebody's social media because they don't want to check yes on that box on a survey. So 70% admit to it. 54% admit that it's the reason they didn't hire somebody. So, you know, my father's a college professor and I used to go and speak at his classes and then my alma mater, I would go and speak at their classes about internships and things of that nature. And even if you have your social media locked down to the point where no employer can even see your profile picture or no employer can see anything, you don't know who that employer knows. Most of the time, if you're applying for a job, that recruiter or that employer knows someone who's friends with you or has worked with you in the past or they're checking up on you, it's real easy this day and age and screenshots are forever to see something on your page. So I always tell people, don't believe in privacy settings. Anything you post on right. one of these platforms is public. Yeah, so you should just know that. So clean it up before you start things, you know, down the job seeking road. I would say clean it up in general, too, because you're not safe once you get hired. And so I think that what people don't realize is, number one, you don't own your social media page. Even if it says your name on it and you signed up for it and your email's attached to it, you don't own it. There's a user agreement between you and Facebook, between you and Twitter, between you and Instagram. You do not own that content. You do not own the photos you upload. You do not own the comments you make. So that's the first biggest concern that I always tell people. And that usually shocks people a little bit because they think, well, I control everything. No, you don't. Facebook can decide to close your page down tomorrow. Now, the same goes for your employer. If you do not explicitly have a contract agreement where you have a social media clause, a lot of people think I can say whatever I want outside of work. Hmm. No, you can't. Here's why. If you work somewhere and your page, we see it all the time in the news, right? A high school teacher posts on her Facebook page her political opinion and the next day she's fired. The reason that's happening so often now is because businesses don't want any ties to anyone who's going to be that much of a risk. Mm -hmm. Because the problem is, is that when you list your employer on Facebook or on LinkedIn or on Twitter or on Instagram, even if you don't list your employer, if you do something where you take such a strong stand or you have an outlandish opinion, or even if it's not that outlandish, people are easily offended these days. If you post something on Facebook, you need to ask yourself every time, is this worth losing my job over? Yeah. And it's not because I always get the question from these companies. Well, I worry about our millennial workers and I worry about this or that. Okay. It's not just the millennials. Most of the people that are getting fired, over 60% of the people who are fired for social media infractions or issues that they have are over the age of 45. Now, part of that is that they're in more prominent positions. They're on a platform where most of their stuff is not private because they don't think twice about that type of thing. So there are a lot of factors going into that because I always hate people who just throw out stats for their arguments. So I'm not saying that that's the age cutoff and end all be all. Yeah. But it's definitely something to think about because if you think that you're sitting at home as a 55-year-old man and no one's paying attention to your Facebook page because you just post vote videos and everything's fine, that one post can really make or break you. Oh. Um, I want to get back to uh, Facebook and the other uh, social media platforms. Facebook is so huge. 
What about the demographics? You talked that uh, Facebook that has got most of them covered. The gram is there, but you kind of mentioned that may not be a good business choice for some businesses. I almost never recommend an Instagram account for my clients unless they're a highly visual or retail driven client. So if you're a gym, if you're a hairstylist, if you, you know, if you're an interior designer, if you're a realtor, you have to have an Instagram account Mm -hmm. without a doubt. You know, that's where you get a lot of your leads. You have a very visual industry. However, if you are Um, one of my, one of my clients, you know, they do, um, basically their, uh, accounting. So if you sit and do numbers all day and you're an accountant, do you need to have an Instagram account? What are you going to post pictures of spreadsheets? What are you, I mean, <laughs> you can get very creative where you do short videos on Instagram, giving people tax tips or money tips. And if you have that sort of time to commit to it and you're willing to have that sort of creative content on there, then by all means have an Instagram account. But if you're a, you know, if you're a lawyer or if you are an accountant, it doesn't make sense for you. And if it does make sense, you're going to have to put a lot of work into it. So you have to make sure the ROI is there, which is my next comment of, I don't know many people going to Instagram to find a lawyer. (laughs) So you got to think about who are you talking to? Who's your target? And then, you know, fish where they are. Don't worry about having to complicate it because that's where a lot of these companies get into trouble is that they become overwhelmed. Talking about the uh, creative content, um, that that means a lot of things, uh, different things to different people. What what are the things when you go into a company? What are some of the things you see and what are the things that you encourage to make whatever message they're trying to uh, communicate, make it work? I see a couple different things. I always see the people who tell me what their competitor is doing. That's the first thing out of their mouth is, well, our competitor does this, this, and this, and they have all these videos and we want to look like them. Okay, well, why would you want to look like your competitor? Why would you copy what your competitor is doing? That doesn't differentiate you from anybody else. I don't care what your competitor is doing. I care what you're doing. The next thing is risk-taking. So my more conservative clients, you look at insurance agents, you look at lawyers, you look at uh, you know the accountants of the world, and they don't want to really budge out of their comfort zone they Mm -hmm. you know they have very conservative clientele they have you know they want to look very buttoned up and professional so they take more of what i call is the linkedin approach on their social media so i go in and they post we won this award here is a picture of our holiday party you know very safe content and i always look at them and i go nobody cares about a party they're not invited to you know it's great that you won an award and you have a great reputation, but what does that do for the person? You're not, you're not telling the story. You're just giving them the headline. So for me with those types of clients who don't want to do funny or they don't want to do kind of quirky or anything like that, which is fine. There are a lot of clients that I wouldn't recommend be funny because of the subject matter of their industry. For those clients, I always say, well, let's tell a story. Let's talk about the history of the business. Let's talk about, Tell me about a time when you've helped a client. Tell me about a time when you've gone in and you've really affected change. And then we tell that story on their online platforms. I think that most companies forget, you know, in their day to day, 
what's normal to them is fascinating to somebody outside or that education piece. Education is very safe. You can always teach people things. So for an insurance company coming in and saying, you know what, let's have kids teach people insurance words. That lowers that fear in the consumer of not knowing. So if you come up to them and have a five-year-old reading the definition of umbrella coverage, that immediately lowers their defenses, that is cute and engaging, it's safe, nobody's going to you know, disagree with a kid reading a dictionary term, and it also educates and brings value to them. So for something like that, it really can put you in a unique position to succeed without having to take much risk. Well, let's take a look at going beyond social media and maybe working with traditional media. How do you normally uh, take a look at this? Different from what most digital people will tell you, I think most online advertisement is a waste of money. I think that you should really not be sinking much money into Facebook ads, into Instagram ads, into Google ads, unless you have it. If you are a multi-million dollar company that has 50000 80000 a month to sink in to digital, then yes, you can absolutely you know, that. sink that in, no problem. And you'll see results. But if you have $500 a month, no. I, and th- this is what always bothers me about, you know, these companies that are told by an ad agency that if they just spend, you know, two grand a month on digital on top of their traditional media buy, it'll all work great. Well, no, that ad agency has to, you know, put dollars towards digital so they can tell their boss that they put dollars towards digital and then they meet their budget for the year. For advertising money, more clients see ROI in traditional media. Because people are used to seeing ads on TV and when they listen to the radio. TV and radio ads are all about branding, are all about making sure you know who they are, what you bring to the table, and you're used to seeing them when you watch TV. You don't have to stop what you're doing when you're watching TV to go and do something else that a company is asking you to do. Exactly. And that's and that's why they see those higher ROI numbers. Now I think a lot of them are pricing themselves out of the market, which is why people are going to digital because they can get digital for cheaper, but they're not seeing the ROI even on the cheaper numbers. So I think that if you have an advertising budget, stick to traditional media. I would, if you're in a position where you can buy traditional media, you're only doing yourself a favor because the more people see you different places, the more times it's reinforced. Right. And a lot of those people will go to Facebook and look up your business. They will Google your business and go to your website or things of that nature. So what I do on the back end, I, I actually don't consider what I do to be advertising because I think that once people get to you, advertising is the funnel of how people get to you. And once people get to you, that's when your content needs to be tight. That's when your brand rep needs to be well-repped and all of that. A lot of times I go in and say, we need to tighten this up. Mm-hmm. We need to take a look and say, okay, does this match what people do? And a lot of times I'll focus group it. You know, I'll pull four or five people in and I'll say, Google this, look this up on Facebook. Is this what you were expecting based on the ads that you've seen or heard? And sometimes the company isn't running any traditional media and Facebook is their only way that they reach out to people. And in that case, Yes, I'll suggest running some very targeted, very specific Facebook ads, but for very low dollar. I've seen huge ROI on $25 a week for Facebook ads. Uh, I feel like I need to sign up for your class. 
<laughs> you know, it's like I I want to drop that other course and come over to to you know well, maybe. Appreciate your time and thank you so much for having me on. Je- I love what you're doing with your podcast. If anybody needs anyone to be a spokesperson, my gosh, my money's on you. You oh, just get it. For- you always have oh, gotten thank it. You. And you care, and not enough people care anymore. So thank you. Thanks for giving me hope and humanity. Well, Jenna, that's very kind words. Jenna, when's what Winsenberg. Yeah, you see, that you know, just took a couple of times there. Tell people how they can reach you because you offer a lot of things. There, there's there's people listening right now that are going, oh, wow, there's a lot of layers to this I, I never knew existed. That's very kind of you. Thank you for the opportunity. It's GetSocialResults.com or on Facebook you can find me, GetSocialResults, or you can email me, Jenna, J-E-N-N-A, at GetSocialResults.com. So I always, there's a form on my website. You can email me. You can friend me on Facebook. You can find me on Facebook at Get Social Results. So I appreciate the chance to talk with you about this. And thank you so much. And thank you for your insight. You've always really taken to this realm and this next step in the industry. And not a lot of people have the insight that you do. So I really appreciate that. Thank you, Jenna. I appreciate you. And uh, I'm going to go to that Facebook and see if I can find that German Shepherd. Oh, yes. It's very adorable. Okay. Our our sweet, sweet boy, Marino. All right. (laughs) Hey, thanks for sharing in the Scotty Mac with Cheese podcast. Thank you, Jenna. Thank you, Scotty. Have a great rest of your day. You too.